Hey friend, are you looking for episodes that dive deep into your Enneagram type? Or are you searching for faith-based insights that transform your life? With over 300 episodes on the Simply Wholehearted podcast, it's easy to get overwhelmed. But don't worry, friend, I've got you covered. Introducing the curated, personalized podcast playlist that is just for you based on your Enneagram type. So get your copy to help you continue your path of self-discovery and spiritual growth. You can get it at simplywholehearted.com or just click the link in the show notes to get your personalized playlist. And let's continue on this transformative journey together. Well, I can't believe it, but this is the official celebration episode to signify six years in this Simply Wholehearted podcast space. To say that I've surprised even myself is an understatement. (laughs) As you know, as an Enneagram 7, sometimes we don't follow through with things or finish things well, or we start a lot of things, but yep, they're just starts. But friends, thanks to you, truly, thanks to this amazing community, I have been able to keep my hand to the plow and my face in front of a mic and record episodes week in and week out. Goodness gracious, I am so, so grateful that I get to do this. It has truly been a beautiful gift to me. And thanks once again because I can't say it enough, for making it possible. So for this special anniversary episode, I thought we would do something a little bit different and hopefully what you feel is a whole lot of fun. In fact, Nyla, my podcast editor, who I've mentioned on here many times before, she and I were sharing some ideas about this episode. I thought I was going to go one direction and then Even as I was talking to her, the Lord dropped a new idea in my spirit. And as I said it, I just, I had this sense of my spirit leaping of like, yes, that's it. And what was so fun, I was leaving her a voxer about the idea. When she played it, she had the same exact reaction and told me so. And I figured, okay, this is what we're going to do. And it felt so reflective, not only of my heart and desire for Simply Wholehearted, but of this community. So what happens today? Well, the women of the Wholehearted Collective, the four coaches that you have met previously, Sarah, Deanna, CJ, and Janae, they all are doing a podcast takeover. Yep. I shared with them the idea that would you enjoy coming on the podcast and essentially taking over the hosting and asking me a bunch of questions? To which they were like, "Uh, yeah, that sounds like so much fun. And then they said, do we have to let you know what those questions are or can we plan behind the scenes and scheme and come up with these without you knowing? Now, for some of them, that would be like their worst ever nightmare (laughs) and not how they would want to be invited onto a podcast. But I, on the other hand, was like, yes, that sounds like so much fun. Scheme behind the scenes, plan out the questions, and then let's just hop on the mic and have a fun conversation. So that's what we've done here. And that is what we're sharing with you today. It's true. We laughed, we cried. I ultimately get to share more of the heart and mission behind Simply Wholehearted, which is so much greater than just me or just a good idea. I truly believe that all of this wholehearted community is God's idea. And I pray that he continues to get the glory and honor and praise 
every day of my life, but also ultimately, I hope I have done that in these last truly seven years of Simply Wholehearted and six years of the Simply Wholehearted podcast. So without further ado, let's jump right in and you can enjoy the surprise of questions as much as I did. Hello, and welcome to the Simply Wholehearted Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Wicks, your wholehearted living coach, and I'm so glad that you stopped by to spend some time with me. Are you curious about the Enneagram? Do you want to learn biblical truths? And have you wondered if there are life rhythms that will help you thrive? Well, friend, then you are in the right place. For six years, this podcast has focused on sharing conversations with my friends about life, business, motherhood, faith, and all things Enneagram from a Christian perspective. I truly understand what it's like to juggle everything as a wife, mom to three teenagers, a pup, and all while building a growing business. And friend, I haven't always done things with clarity, peace, or joy. But still, the Lord has taken my brokenhearted pieces and healed them so I can live with wholehearted rhythms to provide women like you with a step-by-step process so you can get free of anxiety, shame, and frustrations that might be holding you back from thriving. I pray that the Lord speaks to you as you listen today and that you would invite your friends and family to join the fun conversations. Are you ready to laugh a little and learn a whole lot? Alrighty, let's get to the conversation. Okay, so I'm just going to start. <laughs> My name is Deanna Sudam, and I get to start asking Amy questions today for her anniversary podcast. And I wanted to start with Amy, I know I've experienced this with you, that you are a person of influence. And so I was wondering when it was in your lifetime that you discovered you had the ability to influence other people. Whoa. Okay. We're coming out the gates. (laughs) I love it. Okay. Well, I mean, to be honest, I don't think I've thought of myself as someone who has influence in that word or under that terminology. And yet if the question was being asked, you know, like, so how do I know if I have influence? I would go, you always have influence. It may not be from a stage. It may not be in a job. It might just be with the little people in your home. But I do believe that regardless of where we're at, or what chapter of life we're in, we're influencing somebody. So from that standpoint, I think I have, even as a, as a sibling, like the oldest sibling of four, I knew that I carried weight and that they were watching. And there was that element of, I set an example, whether that was my parents telling me you, you're setting an example here. (laughs) So yeah, that's a, that's a great, that's a great question. I think partly I would even define it or want to define it and frame it as like, I've always hoped and desired to make a deep connection and I've always been cognizant of, it actually is an Amy Grant song that's like old school, maybe 1978. That is called My Father's Eyes. That's the album, but then there's a song on there called My Father's Eyes. 
And mm-hmm. I remember from a really young teenager listening to it and I want to kind of get choked up, but just thinking, I hope that when people see me, see them, they see my father's eyes. So I, that's kind of a long-winded, windy way to answer your question, but I hope that's the kind of influence that I have that not only do I leave a good example and a legacy, gosh, this is the first question and I'm crying. What the heck? This is not good. Okay. Anyway, so there you go. There's the answer. We'll leave it at that. (laughs) That's awesome, Amy. So this is CJ from Texas and I'm so excited to be um, just celebrating the anniversary with you. And so let's lighten it up. How about that? (laughs) It sounds Um, good. Bring your seven energy. (laughs) I know that you are a movie fan. You love pulling themes out of movies. So um, one of my favorite movies, and I'm sure you love, is The Blind Side. Oh, yes. (laughs) And so there's this great scene where finally they're trying to figure out where he's going to go to college, you know, their adopted son. And she's basically like, okay, fine. You can go to that college, but I am not going to wear that orange because it is not in my wheelhouse. (laughs) Do you, do you remember that part? I do. I love Sandra's okay. in that part. <laughs> so as as your kids get close to college, my question is, what color is not in your wheelhouse and what college are you hoping they don't choose because of that? Oh my gosh, that's a good one. I don't think I've thought of that. Um, I'm pretty open to wearing any color. I... I guess, I guess I just hope, let's just say I don't necessarily love the yellow and black combo because you look like a bumblebee. It actually happens to be some state color college here in Missouri, (laughs) Missouri state. And um, so it's worn a lot in this neck of the woods. And I'm just like, why do you want to look like a bumblebee? So there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. All right, this is Sarah um, celebrating with you, Amy, today. And as we're celebrating the podcast, it is a space that you have used a lot of words, words out into the world. So I have a two-parter question focused on words. First is, what is a word that you use too much? Hands down, the word fun, I use too much. Or something to the effect of, that's amazing, that's so good. Wow. Fascinating. I am sure if we made a reel of how many times I said it, there wouldn't be enough seconds (laughs) to be able to capture it in the six years. That's awesome. I wouldn't say that's a bad thing though, right? (laughs) We'll see. Uh, Yeah. All right. The second half of that is what is a word that you wish you never had to say again? Ooh. Um, We'll keep this not explicit rating. Um, <laughs> I rated, family, friendly, I please. <laughs> family friendly, exactly. But you know what? I have found that there are sometimes four letter words that are, can be used in the right context, um, because unfortunate things happen, hard things happen in life. And so there is that element of, um, especially in the last couple of years, there has been a word or two that I've said that has been in the right context that I wish wasn't fitting. So that would probably be what I relegated to or something to the effect of having to tell my kids that I'm taking their electronic device away because the, <laughs> the firestorm that ensues from that. Yeah, that's oh, a fun. 
So wrap that up to say the pain, avoiding words that <laughs> are associated yes. with pain, right? <laughs> Fun pain. I wonder why. <laughs> oh, uh, it, suddenly it. it all makes sense. <laughs> okay, Amy, I'm excited to be on this episode. Um, this is Janae. And my first question, and this is not to be mistaken with what is your favorite child or who is your favorite child? Because we as parents don't have favorite children. No, not at all. Okay. So this question is, what's your favorite thing about each of your children and bonus your husband? Oh, I love it. Okay. Well, I'll start with my husband because he is a nine and he is definitely the balancing um, calming presence that our house desperately needs because the rest of us assertive types, lots of energy, lots of talking and bless his heart. Truly like dinners by the end of dinner, I just look over at him and he just has his eyes wide and I can tell, yep, he's had it <laughs> time that. to do the dishes. <laughs> so he definitely brings that, you know, he brings us all down. Um, and then I'll start with my oldest cause that's easy, you know, to just go in that order, but she and I share a similar personality type definitely present with different subtypes and wings and other combinations as, as far as tri-types, but I love how we just get what each other is thinking. It's super easy to just round the same page. Sometimes I have been like, are you psychic or something? Because it's like, she reads my mind in an eerie way. Typically, get this, typically when I'm scheming about should I be spontaneous and do something fun, like stop and get that ice cream cone since she was a little girl or go play at the park or go do this or that. It's like she knew and she would say something like, hey, mom, do we have enough time? And she was very um, her vocabulary was very extensive from an early age. Do we have time to stop and do such and such? And I'd be like, oh my gosh, this kid like reads my mind. It's so weird. So anyway. Um, there's that. And then my middle one, I just love, she, she contributes such, um, she actually contributes order to her house when she wants to clean and have order. And if I'm not doing it, um, quickly enough or well enough, she steps in and she does it. And I'll tell you what, I love paying her to help clean the house because she does a phenomenal job. So I love, she is my truth teller. If I really want to know how I look in something or if something is in style, I just have to go ask that one. And I know, (laughs) so I will walk out of the house. Okay. As long as she, she gives her approval. She's the eight. Is that right? She's the eight. She's the eight. Yep. Yep. She'll tell it like it is. And then my last one, he is, he is a tender heart. He's my heart centered kiddo hands down, merciful, sweet, um, quick to apologize and own his stuff and also really quick to forgive. So, um, there's a little special, you know, connection there from mom to son that I'm feel very grateful because he's heart centered that we have. So there you go. Okay. It's Deanna again. Sorry. I'll try not to make you cry. But you know, that was a possibility as a type four in the group. Yep. And I said, you could ask serious things. <laughs> uh, but one thing I read this this morning in the message, first Peter 118 says, uh, your life is a journey. You must travel with a deep consciousness of God. Mm-hmm. And I just loved how that framed that. And I know that you do that, Amy. I know that you live out of a gratefulness in your heart and 
Um, we have benefited as the collective because of this. So how about for today? It's a little lighter. If you could tell me what you're grateful for today. Oh, what am I grateful for? Truly this moment that I could celebrate six years, not alone. And that I get to do it with you guys. So that's just going to make me tearful because I'm incredibly grateful for the collective and getting to do this work with other people. It's a huge gift. Okay. Sorry, Danny. You just have this effect clearly. Um, and the sun is shining and I, um, I get to have cake today because it's Haiti's birthday, my Enneagram 8's birthday. And, um, just the goodness of today and for the moment and all that I have that I feel like I get to look forward to so much. And I just, that we have our health. Like there's some simple things as I get older that I'm like, oh yeah, I can move my legs uh, easily and I have health. Praise be to God. So there you go. (laughs) That's great, Amy. This is CJ again. And um, so If your life was made into a book or a movie, what would the title be? Oh my (laughs) gosh. So, okay. So I used to have a blog that is somewhere out there, probably still, that I dubbed A Million New Adventures. And this was when I was just, we had just moved to Kansas City. Actually, the girls were just babies. So it's about 15 years ago, but I thought I, you know, the blogging was the thing and I wanted to keep in touch with people far away. And I wanted to try to remember what was going on in the haze of having two babies, 14 months apart. Anyway, I'm so glad I did. Cause there's definitely stories that I began to catalog of what the Lord was doing or just the, the ordinary and the mundane and the beauty in it. So probably a million new adventures. I hope it would be a good testimony and true. <laughs> to my life. (laughs) Perfect. Seven title. Perfect. (laughs) Yay. All right. This is Sarah back again. Um, And this question could be taken down the serious path or the the funny path, kind of whatever, however you want to take it. Um, The question is, what is saving your life these days? Mm. Oh, that's a good one. That could be a couple of, yeah, I would say there's probably goes both ways, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So saving my life is getting to have my morning office rhythm. I don't know what I would do without it. And I even went on a little vacation recently and that was my first, that was the first angst of like, where can I do my morning (laughs) office in my own little private spot? And, you know, we didn't have a a hotel room that accommodated it. So Mm -hmm. um, it's just like that important to me that even on vacation that I have that time with the Lord and morning office is a liturgical way, if you will, to frame quiet time. It's not quiet time for me. So um, but that having that every morning, I just cannot do it um, without. So Mm -hmm. that being said, uh, also because of the last couple of years, I felt like I needed to put a couple of crutches in place, whether they were actual studies but, um, and Sarah, you know about this cause I've shared it with mm-hmm. you, but the Lectio 365 app, that has been my choice a day rhythm that has been very anchoring and just a great place for me to start into journaling other prayer, other contemplative practices has been such a gift. And, um, probably then on the not so serious side is, <laughs> um, dairy-free, gluten-free food, <laughs> 
that is somewhat tasty. It may not be the thing. Um, I recently though discovered gluten-free Oreos that had a mint cream middle. (gasps) I can only have two of them, but I'll tell you what, it's like the most delicious thing and I have to keep them in the freezer. So I, you know, anyway, so there you go, but that's a, that's a fun hit every once in a while. (laughs) That's awesome. The luxuries of life. Yes, exactly. Awesome. Okay. It's Janae here and, um, I have not tried those Oreos. And I'm going to have so good. <laughs> I have this thing where I have to try every new Oreo that comes out. They're just okay. so good. Okay, so do so you like the cake one? The cake, like it has the confetti yeah. in it. Birthday cake. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> That's Hades favorite. <laughs> yes. So I'm coming at you with a good, would you rather? Because I love would you rathers. And um, so would you rather as a seven, Go on one vacation a year that lasts for two weeks. Ooh. Okay. A two-week vacation to anywhere you want to go. Or would you rather have several two-day vacations? So it can only be two days. Several two-day vacations throughout the year. Okay. I want both. Um, <laughs> uh, that is a really great question and incredibly hard for me to decide. Um. You know, maybe at this stage of life, I would go ahead and do the several two-day vacations. I'll go with that because then I can go different places, different people, see different people, mix it up, have fun different places. Yeah. So for now, I'll pick that. (laughs) Okay, Deanna, again, I have a two-part question for you since we're talking about Enneagram and your type seven personality. So can you tell us what about your your personality do you love as being a type seven? And what do you find difficult about being a type seven? I do really enjoy the fact that I can pivot quickly and be spontaneous. I I really I think that's a gift that I offer to my kids. It's something they all value and appreciate and have mentioned. So I'm grateful for that. Um, I take, I, I would have said I'm not, I wasn't cognizant of it until my kids could articulate that they appreciated it. So, um, I've, I've found that. Um, and then I think I've really struggled over the years with contentment and being satisfied. So that has, you know, that probably is an ongoing thing that I'll have to wrestle through and continue to be mindful of when I, I'm feeling like wanting to change or maybe not finish something or should I, should I pivot? It it should be a question instead of automatically, because I have that propensity to just want to try something new. So. Good. Well, speaking of trying something new, this is CJ again. And my question, what is a business dream that you have that, um, has, has not happened that, that you can like reveal and talk about here on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Oh, so many, actually, this is very easy because, um, I have mentioned it to now I've only mentioned to a very small handful, but here we go. Here's to a lot of people, but I really want to have an event space slash like coffee eatery. Um, it's expanded over the years. I, there was even a, Uh, I think it was about 10 years ago. It was nine or 10 years ago. 
that there was a coffee shop or a tea shop that was called Wisdom's House in Monument, Colorado that was closing. And when I found out, I really wanted to buy it. I was scheming and dreaming. I think the cost was somewhere like $500,000. And at the time, like now it sounds like nothing. And at the time there was just like, we would have had to mortgage everything. We wouldn't have been able to qualify probably for it, but I really wanted to buy it, take it over because it was this old Victorian house with seating area. And I just had this vision of a gathering place where teaching and ministry coaching and all of that could happen. So I really, I do think of what I'm doing here as uh, as a gathering place and creating that gathering space, but I would love to own and run the physical um, manifestation of what it is that we're doing online and through Zoom and things like that. So for sure, someday I'd love to do that and serve gluten-free scones and all the good coffees and teas. And I don't know, just have it be this place where people love to uh, to visit and um, it's on people's bucket list even. Like, I think that would be so cool. So there you go. There's my dream. I love it. I will come a lot. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Maybe it's something we'll do together. Who knows? <laughs> hey, I like it. All right, um, Sarah, back here with another one. So Amy, since you have teenagers in your home right now, if you could tell your teenage self one sentence, what would that be? Okay, I'm going to give you more than one sentence to preface it. How's that? Okay, (laughs) sounds good. We'll allow it. Yeah, what's really fascinating is, I, I mean, this is just such a random weird thing, but about a year and a half ago, I met someone's daughter who, as soon as I met her and shook her hand, I like had a visceral experience of feeling like I was meeting my 15 year old self. Wow. And what was, what was so profound about the moment is I started tearing up and crying Mm -hmm. and it was the weirdest thing. I've never had anything like this because suddenly, um, I really struggled with a lot of self-hatred at that age, um, so uncomfortable in my skin also had a lot of brokenness and hurt and pain. Um, and I often think about that teenage self and like, Oh man, I wish, mm-hmm. you know, knew then what I knew mm-hmm. know now. And, but what I saw in her, what I experienced with her was beauty and joy and lightness mm-hmm. and laughter and maturity. And I saw her love for the Lord and I thought, oh, what people saw in me. They didn't Aww. see what I saw in myself. Um, and so it was just this, um, mm. this amazing experience that I'm like, if I ever wanted to know what it was that I wanted to say, mm-hmm. um, and h- how I want to speak to my little Amy, Rebecca mm-hmm. in me, that's still there is that you like, you have so much joy. You have the light of Jesus. You are a gift. You bring all these things and people don't see the flaws and the insecurity and all the things that I wish weren't, they saw the Lord. So wow. anyway, wow, really, really good question and fascinating <laughs> that I have actually experienced <laughs> something mm. so meaningful in that. That's a powerful story and really just shows how God sees the beauty, you know, that he can, he can totally do away with all that brokenness and heal it and redeem it and just bring this beautiful you up Mm -hmm. out of it. Thanks for sharing. It's a, 
true picture of that belovedness that I think for me, I could have a visceral and tangible experience that sometimes feels a little bit ethereal Mm. and spiritual and inner um, only, but it it was just, yeah, it was a really neat thing that I still haven't fully, Mm. I don't think fully even unpacked in my own heart and mind yet. Wow. Just for you, beloved. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It's Janae here. And for this next question, what Enneagram number do you feel like you vibe with the very most? Oh, that's a good question. Well, okay. I am going to say this because this is true. If they are healthy, I vibe with any type. And we have such good conversations. I think if anyone's willing to go deep and is somewhat self-aware, we vibe. We vibe so well. And it's a great connection because I'm going through, I'm thinking about all the best people that I enjoy. And it's anyone who's willing to have a deep, honest, heartfelt conversation and they cover all the types. And so I know we can have fun and a good time. And you know, I, I have jokingly said, obviously married to a nine, I'm sort maybe sort of impartial and, you know, have a sister that's a nine and a sister that's a two, but you know, I could start listing out all the types and go, I vibe, I vibe with them all. <laughs> so good question. That's a that's definitely a tough one, but I think it's true. <laughs> yep. Okay. Deanna again, tell us what do you know about God? and his character more now than you did say five years ago? Oh, well, sadly, or, or in a good way, this is an easy answer. I I don't know quite how to frame that, but God is my shepherd, man. Oh man. I have sat in Psalm 23, uh, devoured Philip Keller's books. And for anyone who wants to look them up, he's a he was um he was a prolific author but he had been a shepherd for years tending to sheep and um anyway he writes just from that knowledge base and that personal experience and expands on the psalm 23 and then anything in the bible that talks about the good shepherd which is mentioned a lot in the new testament as well so the fact that the lord won't leave me And that he'll not only walk with me through the valley of the shadow of death, but he'll carry me. Um, That has been really uh, profound. So that's beautiful. Thank you. Good question. Deanna, you have all the deep, good questions. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) This is DJ. um, And I have a two part question. So, what book are you loving right now and why? And what is your favorite podcast that um, you're loving and why? Ooh. Okay. So Ruth Haley Barton just came out with, well, just last fall. I think from, I think it's called Sabbath to Sabbatical and Back Again, Rhythms Rhythms of Sabbath or something like that. Um, and I'm totally botching the title, but you could Google it and come up with it. It's her latest book, but it's really good. It's been on my bookshelf on my nightstand actually for several months to read. And I'm finally, I'm almost done. It's just so good. It's revisiting Sabbath rhythms and what does it look like practically? And 
she really addresses the leader. And so I am really mindful and cognizant of what I'm doing can lead others to invite others to that rhythm and invitation, but I have to be exampling it and honoring it in a way that, um, yeah, helps others uh, observe it. So it's been a really good one. I'm liking that a lot. So, um, kind of to piggyback off that before you answer the podcast, has Sabbath been an easy thing for you or a hard thing kind of in the past? It's something that we, I grew up as a pastor's kid. So I, I was familiar with it. I knew it, but it couldn't really be observed. Um, it could have, but it felt like it couldn't be observed. Right. And then I went into ministry that was 24 seven. I was literally in a program that was called 24 seven. So I developed some really horrible habits, but also experienced the most horrible burnout I have ever. And I was young. And so it's kind of sad, but it was pretty terrible burnout. But one of the things I would say in my early twenties is when what saved me is I started observing Sabbath again. And there wasn't books out there, you know, 2001, 2002, but just reclaiming some sort of rhythm and semblance of I'm going to rest on this day. And in this framework, instead of serve, serve, serve all the time, um, was really helpful, but I admit that it was a struggle when we had young kids and I didn't know what that looked like and going to church. I don't know about you all, but going to church with kids is not Sabbathing in my mind. <laughs> and so, so we've, we've really over time, um, learned some different things and it's an ongoing conversation. And now that we have teenagers, it's much, much easier. So I'm really great about unplugging from work. Um, but there's some other things that just are house, you know, or life responsibilities that I'm still learning. What does it look like to Sabbath with those? And what, what actually isn't, um, isn't that big of a deal to do in the Sabbath? Cause in the end it does bring joy and lightness and it's different from what else I do for work. So still learning. That's good. What about your favorite podcast or which one you're gleaning a lot from right now? I know you have to pick one. I know that is so hard. It is so hard. Okay. Let me think about this a minute. Cause what's the last one that I listened to? Um, okay. This is like a, I think what I like about this one is that I learned from it personally. And I also learned from it professionally and it's Adam Young's The Place We Find Ourselves. And I have not listened to every episode by far, but when I listen, I feel like I glean so much for my inner healing, but I also am gleaning tools and resources that I can refer and share and resource, whether it's my clients or say you all um, with material and content. So I, I think that's been really rich and to feed both sides has been really great. That's a great one. All right, Amy, I have a serious one for you. What would you like to hear God say to you when you die? Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> it's deep. <laughs> yeah. I think besides the well done, good and faithful mm-hmm. servant. <sighs> yep. <laughs> I'm proud of you. So there you go. Those words. I love it. He is so proud of you. And right now we're celebrating his six years of faithfulness for you in this podcast and ministering to this community. And he's proud of you right now. Love that. Thank you.
Okay. Well, the very last question that we have for you, Amy, what do you find to be most rewarding out of being a coach? Oh, that's a good one. Man, there's a million different moments that I immediately come to mind as I think through these last several years. I think sitting across from someone (laughs) and I can think of when they have that visceral, like kind of lean back moment, eyes big, a little intake of breath. And they're like, and when it clicks into place, whether it's the missing piece that they've wondered about their whole life or a phrase that suddenly captures what has been going through their mind, but they couldn't articulate or just that beautiful word from the Lord that it was clear that the Holy spirit spoken in that moment, that it wasn't from me. It was just, I got to be the vessel. I got to be the conduit and speak in that moment. And I'm like, yes, (laughs) that's amazing. And, and then the freedom that really flows, um, from, from that little tiny piece. And most of the time it can feel, especially from where I'm sitting so insignificant and I don't even know, right. I don't even know what I've said because we're just in the flow of the spirit and they'll either in that moment have that reaction or later on, you said this thing (laughs) and I've been thinking about it. I'm like, really? Oh, that's awesome. Praise be to God. (laughs) I didn't know what I said. I couldn't have told you. (laughs) So anyway, uh, so much joy, so many stories, Um, people coming back, being able to say, thank you. And um, this happened because of it. And this relationship healed because of it, or I'm writing this book, I'm starting this business. It's just all the countless little things that people are now able to walk in because I was willing to create some space for their story and to hear it and allow the Holy Spirit to speak. So anyway, great question. Love it. One of my favorite things to do. And then sometimes we become friends and that is the cherry on top. So just for instance, you for what a gift. Um, One time, you know, in this one like big moment of trusting me and how it's unfolded into this. So. I love it. Well, friend, once again, I hope you enjoyed this as much as I did. It was a fun moment and full of lots of surprising emotion behind some of those questions or the answers to some of those questions. I love getting to just capture my heart in these moments. I feel like sometimes podcasting can come as so rehearsed and scripted and and all of those things. But I hope that my podcast week in and week out is just authentic and true to giving God the glory for all that happens here. I hope you've also gotten to enjoy getting to know the wholehearted collective coaches a little bit better today. Not only the differences in their voice, but also them being able to shine their personalities through their questions. Of course, the Enneagram 4 and 2 made me cry. Like, (laughs) of course. (laughs) And then you have our 7s who kept things lighthearted and fun and brought us back up again. It was just such a perfect illustration of who they are. And ultimately, their giftedness in being curious and asking really good questions. 
Because friends, the gift of a coach, really the gifting of a good coach is someone who is curious and knows how to ask good questions and then takes that one step further by creating space for the answers and the responses to those questions. And maybe it's a quiet space, maybe it's a silent space, or maybe it's met with wisdom and answers and direction. As I continue to share these Wholehearted Foundation series, I am hoping that you are finding yourself in these different steps of wondering, first of all, is the Enneagram demonic? And I hope that you have come to a wholehearted conclusion about that. And then if you listened to last week's, if you identified where you were in your story and what character or role that you find yourself playing. And I hope that today you heard even more warmth and comfort and safety in the voices and in the questions and the community of the collective. Because if it's time for you to identify your brokenhearted moment and take the fork in your road to become the hero of your own story, I hope you also decide to get a guide by the side. Now, it may not be a coach that you have to sign up and do a certain amount of sessions with. It could be a pastor. It could be a friend. It could be maybe your best sister friend. I don't know who it is, but I do want to offer you through the Wholehearted Collective a guide by the side who could help you be the hero of your story to find freedom and relief from the anxiety, shame, and frustration that may be plaguing you day in and day out. So, Of course, I want you to check out the link in the show notes to get to know the Wholehearted Collective even better. You can schedule a free session with them to ask your questions and to find out what their process is and if it's the right time for you to get the guide by the side. I highly recommend them. Not only have they been trained in different fields of expertise and have had their own unique story to unpack, but they've also gone through my Wholehearted Coaching process. I can't just tell you enough how much I recommend them and trust them to be your guide by the side. Again, I hope you're able to celebrate with me six years of the podcast. And one of the best ways that you can gift me in this season, I'm not asking for money, but I am asking for that five-star written review on whatever app you listen to this podcast on. It is pretty easy. It'll take you probably three minutes to figure it out, but you usually can scroll down to the end of the show and you can see a place where you can leave a review. Hit the five-star button and then it'll prompt you to write a review. Just share your honest thoughts of maybe what episode means the most to you or what aspects of each episode that you enjoy. This helps other people find out if this community is the right place for them and if they'll enjoy the content of this podcast. With so many podcasts to choose from, I'm incredibly grateful once again that you are choosing to spend your listening time with me. It is so valuable and I want you to know how seriously I take your listening time. So until next week, friend, where I'm going to continue our foundation series, continue to pursue God's perspective, purpose, and plans for your wholehearted life.